Hey guys, welcome to Crossrico Real Estate and Investments. This episode is actually going to be a summary episode with just myself, unfortunately. So you guys are going to have to listen to me for anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, so I'll hopefully not uh, make you suffer too, too much. But what I'm going to try and do is go over a lot of the stuff that we're seeing out there. Um, you know, I spend a lot of my time out on the road, whether that be, you know, next week I'm in the Osa, the last week I was in Guanacaste, the week before that I was in Dominicalo, Vito, Hochal. Um, I just purchased real estate myself. Uh, actually, on Friday, we closed. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of stuff that's happening in the market here, as well as, you know, basically having these podcasts, getting information from all over the country, from different people, basically in the industry, from architects, lawyers, realtors, uh, everything, you know. Uh, so I thought I'd go through and kind of just give everyone a summary of the first 20 episodes, plus what's going on here in the real estate market, the digital nomad uh, talking rentals, long terms, also land investment as well, um, which I think could be a good long term play here, uh, as well as building in Costa Rica as well. So that's really the idea of what the summary is. Um, so let's just get straight into it and get started. You know, I think everybody can see that real estate here is really, really busy at the moment. You know, um, you know, I'm not too sure how hot it is because, again, the data is kind of there's not data out there on like a multiple listing service. You know, one of the downsides of Costa Rica is that we don't have that. But one realtor told me uh, who operates in the in the Coco area that if they took their sales basically over the last 12 months, um, you know, they were shut down for six of those months and divided how much that they'd sold in those 12, those 12 months by each month. It really looks the same as it did before. You know, and I really think that time will tell whether this really is, you know, a hot market or there's just this kind of pent up demand behind this kind of dam that's broken through and then we'll go back to a, a level of normality. You know, uh, we'll, we'll find out. Personally, I think it's going to continue at this rate. The reason being is there's an excess of cash in the market. Gold has never been so expensive. Bitcoin has never been so expensive. The market has never been at an all time high. You know, real estate in the U.S., you know, is insane. I was traveling with an investor the other day that told that said that his house in Denver, Colorado, had quadrupled uh, basically over the last five years. So that's insane. Um, but it's a good wealth preservation play uh, here in Costa Rica. So I think we're going to continue to see that. I think that there's a lot of opportunity in the two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars zone in this country, around the Flamingo Arenal area. Very, very difficult to do. Uh, it's very difficult to get something in that in that area, the two to four hundred thousand dollar mark. It appears all the realtors are telling me that that's kind of the magic number. I met with a land developer the other day, a big development group here in Costa Rica. They were looking to do something up in the Grande area, Playa Grande in Guanacaste. Uh, and they asked me where I saw the opportunity. I said basically around the three hundred thousand dollar mark, focusing maybe more on a digital nomad mid to long term rentals. Uh, and we'll get to that a little bit, a little bit later on. Uh, some of the, you know, talking about the two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar mark areas where you can kind of get that stuff: Playas del Coco, Playa Hermosa. I think there's an excess of inventory at that amount, and also in the Haco area as well. Uh, it depends whether you want to kind of live in these areas. Again, my advice to always people is go to these areas, live there, you know, rent until you figure out to buy. You know, again, a lot of the time people don't listen to me, uh, but that's fine. You know, it's it's whatever whatever makes you happy. Talking about the hottest beach areas, you know, Santa Teresa and Malapais area is on fire. We just did a, a, a podcast uh, a while ago, which will be come out after this, uh, where a lot of stuff in Santa Teresa is actually being sold sight unseen, which is crazy. 
Um, the area of Nosada as well. Nosada has always been a very popular area. Uh, this is in the kind of the central Guanacaste area. You know, it's 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 you know it's very hot with surfers. People looking for more of a relaxed yoga, farmers market, surfing lifestyle. Um, you know, pricing in that area is very expensive, and we're starting to see it kind of move north to the more to the north of Marbella and south of Garza there uh, in the Nosada area. Also, Flamingo is very hot at the moment as well due to the marina. You know, that appears it's going to be finished next year as well. Um, you know, so that's a, that's, there's a lot of speculation around that Flamingo area, the Potrero, Brazalito, Conchao area. Uh, and of course, Tamarindo, a lot of multi-million dollar homes actually being bought and also being built there. And we'll get into building a little bit later on uh, kind of in this. So as you guys can see there, the real estate market, you know, there is opportunity out there. Um, you know, for anyone that's looking for something in particular, you know, you're gonna have to spend a lot of time here, you know, kind of exploring the beach towns, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So there are consulting services out there that can actually help you. Uh, if anybody wants a referral on that, please feel free to, uh, to, to reach out to me. Um, again, all my contact details will be uh, in the blog. If not, you can just email me Richard at Costa Rica REIT, R-E-I-T.com, Costa Rica REIT.com. So let's jump on the digital nomads um, because really, you know, there's been a huge spike in uh, demand for, you know, when's this digital nomad visa coming out? What's going on? It's still stuck in basically the Assemblea kind of as opposed Congress here. It's still being discussed. Uh, you know, some of the, the blockers here are really kind of the tax authorities because they're not really too sure how to handle it from a tax purposes. Um, you know, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity here, uh, especially in the real estate investment side for mid to long term rentals. Um, there's not a lot of that down here. I saw somebody post the other day to Rebecca Clower of, of Blue Water Properties that said, hey, Rebecca, have you got any long-term rentals for the rest of the year? And she said, no, everything's full. You know, a lot of people are going for more the short-term rental because it does give, it does give income, you know, uh, it can give, you know, better income, but it's not, you know, consistent. Um, you know, October, September or September, October here are usually very quiet months. They're not going to get tons of rentals there. Whereas if you had a long term rental, you'd get that consistency throughout the year. When I say midterm or long term midterm, I'm talking basically anywhere from a month to kind of six months, long term, six months onwards, you know. So but just remember on the digital nomad, guys, you don't need that to come and work remotely here. You can come here for 90 days. Um, on a tourist visa, you can rent somewhere, you can do your job from abroad, you know, you can do it down here, you can homeschool your kids, you can even put your kids in school here if you wanted to. Just every 90 days, you're going to have to leave the country, you know, go to Mexico, Panama, Colombia, back to the States, wherever you want to go. So it's still possible, uh, you know, while waiting for the digital nomad visa, um, you know, just be aware that kind of the long term rentals, the mid to long term rentals are pretty expensive at the moment. You know, we could be talking anywhere from $1,500, you know, for a two bedroom condo in the Tamarindo area, you know, for a house up to, you know, $5,000 um, plus utilities, you know. Uh, so there's a, there's a wide range there. It does exist. Um, you know, you're just going to have to do some basically hunting around to find that stuff or come down and actually try and find that stuff. So just to summarize, Digital Nomad Visa, still up in the air, not too sure where it's going to come out. It's one of the things about Costa Rica, unfortunately, you know, things take a long time here. Um, but remember, you can visit us for 90 days, leave, and then come back for 90 days. So let's talk about rental properties here, because I was getting into it a bit of long-term stuff there. You know, I'm talking more about someone that's coming down, making an investment in a property, maybe using it a couple of weeks a year, and then going to rent it out maybe for the rest of the year. A few things to bear in mind. If you can, do not stay in it over Christmas, New Year's, Easter, 
and try and stay out of it February, March. I know that that might be a little tough because there are a lot of snowbirds out there that do want to you know, use it during the winter period. Thing is, the majority of the income is going to be made during those months. And you can probably basically price it at double, maybe even triple some of the times of the year over Christmas, New Year's. It's a good time of year to basically get a good return on opportunity. Now, talking typical returns on properties, um, you know, I, you know, managing expectations, talking to people, some people are like, at best, you can, you know, cover your costs. I think it really depends on what your uh, HOA fees are. There are HOA fees at $1,000, $1,200 a month. There are HOA fees at $150, $300 a month, you know, which is going to really kind of, you know, those are going to really eat into your returns. I would say typically you're looking for about a three to 5%, you know, on a normal property. There are properties that make 10% plus, and there are ways that you can you, you can make 10%. But typically the 10% stuff is going to be very unique stuff. Normally it's beachfront, it's extra special, it's large, you know, um, over, you know, four rooms, you know, it's got five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 rooms. Um, you know, there's a huge lack of demand in the market from four rooms and above. Uh, typically when looking at the data in certain areas, you know, all over the country, I look at the data in all the areas, usually about 60 to 70% is either a one, two, three bedroom, with the majority being around the two bedroom, um, just because again, just two bedrooms, just easy to build. There's not that much four bedroom. Usually you're at about a 10% there at the four bedroom. And then it starts to drop as you, you know, you go further on down the market. So there's a lot of opportunity there um, for someone to actually go and build something or buy something and then actually kind of renovate it and, 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 and rent it as well. So just jumping back, one of the things that you have to understand when you have a rental property down here is you're going to have a property management company probably. Um, you know, so they're going to be basically doing, you know, all the check-ins, check-outs, cutting the grass, maintaining the property. Plus also they're going to be managing the calendar, doing all the marketing and everything for you. Typically rental fees here, the fees that they will charge on, on, on rentals coming through will be anything from 20 to 40%, depending on the provider. Uh, some people are like 20% a lot. Having been in the industry, you know, for over 16 years here, there can sometimes be a difference between a 20% property management company and a 30% or a 40% because the 30, 40% guys are really going to market or they have relationships with say, you know, exclusive resorts uh, or luxury retreats, these kind of things, which really opens doors and allows dollars through the door. So my advice is don't think about the percent, think about the dollars and ask when you're looking for a property management company to look at other like-minded properties at how much that they make to really manage your expectations. So again, as I said, typically three to 6% is gonna be your normal ROI on a property. If you have something unique, 10%, you could get 10% on your own property. Doesn't matter what it is. If you manage the calendar and do all the marketing and all the sales. But again, you're asking for another job here, guys. So just bear that in mind, okay? So that's just it on the rental property front. Talking land investment. You know, I think there's a huge opportunity here that people are missing, which is just the ability to buy land here uh, and lightly develop it. I mean, lightly develop, get it electricity, get it water, maybe put some roads. You could even subdivide it. It's not that complicated if you know what it is that you're doing. If I'm an, if I'm a basically kind of armchair investor, this is probably not something I'm going to do. I would just buy the land and maybe sit on it. But I do think that there is huge opportunity in lightly developing it because you could segregate it. You can sell those lots, especially in developing areas. Or even, as we were talking about with a couple of realtors, buying commercial lots in very, you know, uh, busy areas, but, uh, you know, like Tamarindo, like Flamingo, like Coco, Hermosa, Haco, you know, Nasada, Santa Teresa, Malpais, all these areas, Dominical, Vita, even in the city here of buying uh, basically some commercial land and just sitting on it. 
not doing anything with it. You know, it can have big returns if you really know what it is you're doing or invest in a land bank fund. Uh, anyone that wants details on this kind of stuff, just let me know, uh, you know, where you're taking basically plays throughout the country there. Instead of buying one piece of land, you invest into basically a land bank fund. And that fund invested in multiple different properties throughout Costa Rica uh, with a bit of a long term play there. Um, but again, you know, it's 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 I like the idea of a land investment because it's kind of a hedge against inflation uh, as investing in gold is, etc. You know, and I think that the market's going to be looking for that hedge against inflation uh, really going forwards, uh, just because, again, it's, you know, inflation in the States uh, is only going to increase. Um, so people are going to be looking for those for those types of investments. So that's land investment. Again, not too much detail. I won't go to too much detail. If anybody does want to talk about it, feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to uh, basically, uh, you know, have a good chin wag, as my father would say, uh, about that. So let's think about this. You want to build something, you want to have something in Costa Rica, you can't find what it is that you're looking for. Another option might be to actually buy the land and also build. For instance, I saw a piece of land the other day. I was with a, 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 an investor down from, from, from Denver, Colorado. He was looking at a piece of land um, in Playa Grande. It was actually owner finance. It was 300 meters from the beach. It was about $130,000. Um, so he could actually put 25% down, then pay the rest. I think it was at 6% over five years. Um, you know, and then actually use that cash to then actually build a property on it, which I thought was a great idea because once the building is built, you could then use the rental income then to actually pay for the property itself. Um, so that, that was a good, you know, idea, especially for those people that are in that three, $400,000 mark, this could be a good option for you. Also, one of the good things that I'm seeing here as well, I've seen a lot of great prefab homes uh, being built, these light designs uh, that I know that Christy and Arce have talked about, which are kind of steel structure, steel structures and then they're putting uh daughter rock um kind of uh, like kind of cement walls on it actually this is what i built this office in um you know it actually took me about four weeks to put this ensuite office together uh which was pretty incredible um and as you can see it's, it's not too bad uh keeps the rain off my head and keeps me warm so i say warm it's costa rica it keeps me cool i have an air conditioning unit up here so um but anyway, there are some great prefab stuff. You've got Ubali down here, U-B-A-L-I uh, is one. You've got Livy as well, L-I-V-I. -I. I'm actually going to their factory in Catargo tomorrow uh, because I have a, 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 a friend of mine also investor who's looking to basically do tiny homes that you can kind of wheel all over the country. So you can kind of hook these back up on the four by four and take a trip all over. Uh, you know, and you can place these there, connect to the electricity. So it's kind of, I suppose, like an RV, uh, but we're just kind of more of a tiny home. Um, but anyway, that could be a great option. I think one of the things that you have to bear in mind when building here, guys, is, you know, it can be a bit of a longer process. It can take anywhere from 12 to 18 months from start to finish. You need to find a great architect. You know, you're going to have to find a good engineer and project manager. Maybe your architect can be the project manager. But I think the project manager is key because I'm sure that you guys are not going to want to be coming down uh, and inspecting it, you know, every week, every two weeks, etc. It's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, unfortunately, the guys that are building these houses, um, you know, are not almost, they're not always at the standard that we have, you know, in the Western world. So, I mean, to give you an idea, just over here underneath that, there was a plug socket there and the guy was gonna leave it there. You know, there was a plug socket from before because it used to be a rancher. He was gonna leave it there. And I said, well, why would you put a plug socket at like chest height on a wall? And he was like, well, I thought you might need it. I'm like, for what? What am I gonna plug in at chest height? So. These are just small things that, you know, that, that just aren't thought of, um, you know, because they don't understand, you know, the Western way of thinking. That's why it's great to get a great architect, 
uh, and also project manager and kind of engineer. We spoke to quite a few on this. Uh, you know, we had Richard Hammond from the Inverse Project. Uh, we have Roberto Meza here um, from, um, from Sfera. Uh, so there are a couple out there. And again, if you guys need any recommendations, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I, can, I can help you. I do think that building could be a great way um, to actually save some money, um, you know, and also potentially, you know, to, you know, get what it is that you're looking for. Uh, and I think you really need to understand that. I was talking with a guy this morning uh, who was looking to basically build something down here. And I said, you've really got to get to the, con the idea of what it, what it is that you're trying to build. Are you trying to build something for you that you can potentially rent? Or are you just trying to build something you can rent? Because they're two completely different things. Because if you're trying to build something for you, the design is going to be for you. Whereas you're going to build something that's going to rent, you've really got to look at the design that's kind of that's in there, that's renting at the moment, that's, that's kind of hip and with the, with the fashion, which at the moment appears to be this contemporary beach design. Um, you know, so I'm also seeing people going in and buying more colonial, Spanish colonial stuff, kind of gutting it uh, and actually going with more, of a, uh, with more of a contemporary kind of beach design. So anyway, there we go. Uh, I'll try not to keep this uh, going too long, guys. I just want to give a summary of the, the 20 episodes and also what I've seen over the past couple of months here in Costa Rica. Again, for anybody that wants any information or anything further, feel free to get into contact me with me um, uh, via the podcast. You can comment away. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, which is called Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments. You guys are more than welcome to join that. Just go into Facebook, type Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments. Post in the comments here if you want to. Contact details will be there. My email address again is richard at costaricareit.com. Uh, I'm happy to help anyone in any way that I can. Um, so I hope this has been useful, guys, uh, and I look forward to seeing you uh, on future episodes. Thanks very much. Yeah.